let's bring uh, politics home for a minute. My guest on the Crosstalk is a member of the City Council, of course, and the Human Rights Commission. Mac Keel has been uh, working with a number of people on uh, on human rights and uh, recently talked with the council and others about housing as a human right, making it official. Uh, uh, Mac, first of all, thank you very much for uh, talking with me. I don't think, I think this is the first opportunity you and I've had to to uh, talk on the crosstalk, and I appreciate your time so much. How did it go? Yeah, of course. How 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 well was uh, human rights housing as a human right uh, accepted uh, amongst those at the meeting? Yeah. So um, uh, right now, it's just being discussed at the commission level. So it actually hasn't been brought to to council yet. Um, uh, our two commissioners, Julie McDermott and Tracy Littlejohn, have really taken the lead on preparing a resolution. Um, they have a, a template resolution, and um, we're kind of picking it apart now and um, seeing what is best going to go to council. So these discussions have been happening, you know, for a while to um, for lacrosse to possibly look at putting it towards the council to make housing as a human right, um, because that could be one potential step uh, to help push funding towards um, creating more housing and you know, so not just, you know, impacting those that may currently be homeless, but impacting the, you know, housing as a whole. In right. Uh, we hear all the time from people about affordable housing. We don't want builders to, to build uh, big, uh, nice homes, expensive homes anymore. They have to be affordable houses. And to do that and still have a nice home, it has to be considerably smaller. Will the city council adopt uh, more of the uh, pocket neighborhoods or tiny homes uh, options for residents who can't afford a bigger, you know, a 2,000 square foot, 1,700 square foot home, but maybe could handle a 700 square foot home? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the the current council is very open to developers being, um, you know, creative in the ways that they explore housing. And we've been very educated on the fact that not everyone wants or needs all of that space. Right. Um, Or even to to buy over renting. Right. So we've already seen some projects come through, um, including the one that was just at the last meeting, um, which uh, was Safe Haven. um, And that included smaller, you know, more condensed um, apartment styles for those um, with disabilities. So that's, you know, one it, it, it takes it takes so many different projects. Right. To help make this happen. But I think the council right now is very open to seeing those and, and hopefully, sure. fingers crossed, approving those. Well, and, and I hope that uh, the decision that's made by the full council at some point down the road uh, will be more along the lines of housing for individuals who can afford a, ho- a home up to this level. Uh, we both mm-hmm. know of programs around the country, My uh, in Michigan in particular, very successful. Homes are, tiny homes are built. They are uh, a given to uh, homeless people who have been vetted. They're working, uh, you know, with uh, counselors and so forth. They pay rent. And after seven years, if they continue to pay rent, they own the home. So, you know, they they have skin in the game, so to speak. And that's been a very successful program over in Michigan. I think it could be adapted to a degree uh, in Wisconsin, in La Crosse as well. Let those individuals put a little skin in the game and uh, and they will improve their lot because they want to suddenly. Mm-hmm. Nope. I, I can definitely see something like that being successful here as well. Um, I, I would say the tough 
part, especially with tiny homes in particular and the work that I do is getting the the public to buy in on it, um, you know, because that's who, yeah. who the council, they vote for the voice and the voices are who calls us and who we hear. So um, it's always good to hear support for different projects like, you know, the possibly tiny homes um, because, you know, sometimes we hear the other side of it a lot more. So getting that community buy-in is important. Sure, sure. I, I get concerned, I guess, a little bit about uh, conversation that kind of intermingles uh, the home in my backyard. Uh, we all know anybody, well, not anybody, but lots of people who own old homes in the backyard is is the uh, barn that used to have uh, an apartment up above because the uh, the uh, an employee from that home uh, took care of the horses, which were downstairs, uh, and yep. turning that into a home. I'm not sure I would. How, how popular is the idea that I now have a renter who lives in my backyard? I might be more interested mm-hmm. in my mom or my mom and dad living in my yep. backyard, but not a renter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, we do have on, you know, our um, coming up, I, it was referred for 60 days to get more public input, yeah. but the possibilities of ADUs, so the accessory dwelling units, and that is exactly that, like a, a home that is on a smaller home that's on the same lot. Um, but that can still be um, lived in. So it would right. be up to code and everything. So looking at, you know, again, those creative ways, you know, if, if this is something that passes, it's not like there's going to be a ton of ADUs necessarily popping up, sure. you know, everywhere because it's going to be expensive. Um, but that that helps with those situations to where maybe you do have a, a mother or father or grandmother that, you know, could, could still live on their own, but, you know, having them take up a space there to where there's also that community um, helps possibly free up another house or another apartment or another type of living um, that someone else can get into. Right. Well, and and uh, let's face it, a, a, a rental property on in your backyard uh, is a little different or, or a home that might be made available to migrants, a little different selling point than a home that you could put family members into if you wanted to. You're right. There won't be a lot of them, but any mm-hmm. is uh, something to be concerned about. It is. Yep. Yep. It really is. And, right. and for me, you know, my perspective that the rental side of it, you know, there's a lot of stigma that comes with that, but I know a lot of amazing renters. So I think, you know, that, that is even a great possibility. Oh, sure. To have a home. Yep. The option, the option is there. It's just a matter of, are those renters, Regular people who are renting, or are they former homeless people, or are they uh, uh, migrants, uh, immigrants that are coming into this country? Who is it that's going to move into that backyard? Because I would be very, uh, uh, if it was my home and my backyard home, I'd be very, very careful about who goes into that home without feeling uh, undue pressure from the city about making that mm-hmm. property available to who they think would be good. Putting homelessness status as a list of uh, uh, a protected class in the municipal code, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. So what that boils down to is it would give uh, the homeless class protection against discrimination, specifically for being homeless. So I think one um, easy example, you know, it can get very complex, but an easy example is um, uh, renters, right? So, so landlords, there might be different reasons that you don't rent to someone. Um, but if the fact that they're homeless, 
um, is that reason uh, if they were if that homelessness was added to the protected class, um, then that couldn't be done. So that couldn't be necessarily held against them if you know they have the other supports there. Um, but again, I think that goes along with uh, that 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 plan that was just uh, the Pathways Home Plan sure. and Housing First. Right. So um, yeah. Well, and I think a lot of people understand that, Mac, but uh, we're speaking with uh, Matt Keel, who's a member of the City Council and the Human Rights Commission. Uh, the city deciding who can and can't go into that apartment or that home, uh, that's a problem for an awful lot of property owners. You can't decide. I won't be, uh, you know, I don't want to discriminate, but you can't just tell me these guys fit our uh, uh, our narrative, so you let them rent. Period. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I definitely see the the pushback with that, but it's you know I it's it's we're working with humans, sure. right? And and breaking down those barriers and educating people on that. Um, there can always be a bad experience with any any human, right? Whether they were homeless in the past or not. But um, I, you know there there is that very big stigma out there with homelessness. Um, and renting to those that have have been homelessness or homeless prior. Um, with that, I mean, it's huge. There's everyone has a different story and a different reason that that might have happened. And where they are today is much different than where they may have been. Mac, um, so so using that against them, their past is what we want. That's to try bad to avoid. news. Sure. What's next? We're out of time, so let me just ask: What's next? Well, we will continue to. Um, look into housing as a human right on the Human Rights Commission. So, um, you know, check those meetings out, and uh, we'll we'll continue to work forward and hopefully push a resolution through um, to to let council look at it. So there'll be lots of public hearings when when that time comes as well. Good deal, Matt Keel.